Hello from beautiful Vancouver Island and welcome to the podcast series Soul Conversations with me, Mia. I have created it in honor of your journey of expansion, personal growth, transformation and awareness. Each episode highlights a challenge we often face and the advantage of understanding it. It also sheds a light on why we reliably show up from ego and fear rather than from love and authentic self. I hope you enjoy and remember to subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Good morning, Nicole from Houston, Texas. Hi, so good to see you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. And uh, it's great to chat with you again. We just finished coming off the Spiritual Curiosity Summit. So we had a couple of pretty interesting conversations uh, for the summit. And this this one that we're talking about now is a perfect piggyback to the episode that just came out on how fear can derail your uh, spiritual journey. And it's all about healing from religious trauma, which you have uh, some personal knowledge about, and as well as I. And I feel like we're just why don't we just start by having you share your story and then we'll um, we'll just organically go from there. Yeah, sounds good. So I first discovered my spiritual gift and ability when I was nine years old. Psychic intuition came through very strongly for me. I was coming out of school to get picked up and just out of nowhere, I had this random thought, a bird's going to poop on me right now. And I kid you not, it did like right then and there. And ever since then, I started getting all of these predicted dreams and premonitions and I would have visions and they would come true. And I didn't really know what to do with this information. And I tried talking about it with my family, but when we were growing up, you know, I grew up in a very conservative religious household and things like this weren't really talked about. And when they were talked about, it was under the lens of that's evil, that's witchcraft, that's demonic, that's satanic you're like, you're going to go to hell if you do these things. And so I got scared and I didn't know what to do. And I just ended up having a lot of anxiety because I couldn't control the visions I was receiving and I couldn't control the outcomes that I was seeing. It led to depression because I wasn't allowed to really fully express myself for my gifts and abilities, which led to chronic illness because I had a lot of disease or dis-ease in my body. And I ended up having a sort of wake up call in my early twenties where I ended up having a panic attack because I was kept trying to put myself into somebody else's definition of what you're supposed to be, what success looks like, or what it looks like to be a quote unquote good girl, what it looks like to be like normal. And it just didn't work for me. So how did that, uh, how did, how did that sort of resolve itself? That story? So the first spiritual awakening I had, they were really pushing for psychiatric medication, anxiety medication, something to treat the depression. And I just felt like there had to be another way. And I'm not advising people to go off medications if that's what's right for them. But for me personally, I felt like there had to be something more for me, something different. And so I started a personal growth and development journey in reading books and listening to podcasts and getting coaching and mentorship and going to seminars and workshops. And that actually worked for me pretty well. But as the years went on, I got to be in my later 20s. So 20 years after I first discovered my spiritual gifts and abilities, I had somewhat of a relapse of like, there has to be something more. There has to be something. I'm missing something. And I realized I was missing the soul. I was missing the spirit. Mm -hmm. But there was this huge tension between you know, I was going back to church because I had stepped away from organized religion after I graduated from high school. I went off to college and didn't go for many years. 
So I'm developing my psychic skills, but also going to church. And it seemed like two separate worlds. And there were hints and glimpses of psychic discussion in the church. Like I remember going and sitting down one day, they were having a guest speaker and she talked about the gift of prophecy, which is psychic intuition, just not in those words. She talked about the gift of prophecy as being this divine gift from God given to each and every one of us, but in some like highly developed and that sensitivity was a way of connecting in with God source universe, whatever you like to call that higher power. And I realized that that's what I'd had that whole time. Mm -hmm. And so I started really being drawn to like anything with the word soul, anything with the word psychic. I went to Sedona and got my psychic gifts reactivated and amplified, started offering psychic readings, started offering healing sessions, but it was all like under wraps, like like in the broom closet, hiding, and then like meanwhile going to church and then COVID happened, right? So the pandemic hit and everyone's isolated. So I'm practicing and studying and doing all this stuff (laughs) in secret because there's no organized (laughs) church. And um, I then we moved to Houston and I had uh, two beautiful kids and my husband asked, well, are you ready to go back? Because our son you know, was sleeping well and eating well. And he's like, are you ready to go back? And by then it'd been like three years since we've stepped into church because of everything that had happened. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Cause I really felt like, I felt like if I go back, they're going to ostracize me. They're going to shun me. They're going to, because by then I'm like fully stepping into my psychic power, fully stepped into my healing abilities, fully stepped into my magic and my practice. And I'm like, oh, I can't go back. And then just out of nowhere, I got this hit of it's time to go back. And I'm having this conversation with Spirit, like, why? They said, you need to have a conversation about this. It's not either or, it's not Christ or the cosmos. It's not magic or miracles, but it's both. And I said, oh, I don't have that conversation. They said, you need to have this conversation. So I go back to church. We started going to this lovely church just down the street. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting because I know that there's this conversation coming. There's this conversation coming. And sure enough, one of the ladies invites me to coffee. And I know she wants to talk to me about my Facebook because on my Facebook, it says psychic coach, right? So she's seen everything she's, she's seen. So I, I go to this coffee and everything within me wants to not go to coffee, wants to not sit down. And I go sit down and she says, so I'd like to talk to you about your Facebook profile. I'm like, oh no. And so we had ended up having a 90 minute conversation about why am I there at the church? Like, what do I believe in? What's the only source of truth? And all of my religious beliefs and all of my magic beliefs and my spiritual practices and all this stuff. And there was a part of me that was panicked, like freaking out, like, oh, I don't want to sit here in this interrogation. And I really don't want to be answering these questions. And I just said, look, I said, I don't feel that I should have to defend myself, but if you're open to having a civil conversation where we can hear both sides and, you know, be willing to listen, whether or not we agree, that's not the point, but be willing to have a civil conversation that I'm happy to answer any questions you have because I don't have anything to hide. And so this thing that I had feared this whole time, this difficult conversation, this bridging of the gap, this showing up and being my authentic self and not being afraid to speak my truth, it happened. And I survived and I made it through the entire 90 minutes without like moving it. And it wasn't until I got into my car and I'm driving home. It was maybe a nine minute drive home. 
I started bawling because I felt this karmic release, like the chains being broken of so many women before me who would not have been able to have a conversation like that, who would have quite literally been burned for being what they were and for believing what they believed. So for someone like myself to live in a day and age where I could have a conversation like that in a public place and not be punished, ridiculed, ostracized, that was huge. That was massive. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a very powerful story. Um, I love that yours ended that way. (laughs) You know, there's a beautiful thing. I don't know who said it, but it's actually my husband that introduced me to it. And uh, when he, when he shared it with me, I was, I just, well, first of all, I had to laugh, but secondly, I was like, it was a clunk moment when he said, "Um, I just read something that said, it's not God I have a problem with. It's their fan club. You know, it's really it because I mean, for my, my religious journey, I was raised very in a very strong Catholic family and from a very 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 young age like grade one it never felt right to me always felt like there was something wrong with having to go to this place and listen to these people with a dead man dying on a cross hanging in front of me and all these dead pictures everywhere and having to confess your sins every Tuesday because I went to Catholic school when I didn't have any sins because I was seven whatever I was so I'd have to lie and make up sins in the confessional so that I had a sin and I would I would do that with my hands over my head because I was so afraid I was going to get struck by lightning in the confessional like this is how powerful the guilt and the shame of religion can be um uh um absorbed so it took me years and years and years to separate God from religion years I can remember I went on a cycling trip through the South Pacific after I graduated and I still in my head I'm now 19 years old I'm in the South Pacific by myself and I'm with my girlfriend I'm thinking to myself I still have to go to church every Sunday otherwise I'm going to hell I'm 19 years old I know better but I'm it's so indoctrinated into my head religion 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 So the way that I remedied that on this trip was I said, okay, every Sunday or every week, I was going to seek out a different form of religion. So I went to a non-denominational schoolhouse in Fiji, and I went to the cathedral in Christchurch, and I lived with the Hare Krishnas in Auckland for a week, and I did all these different types of religions. And that was actually how I healed from the religious trauma was, and the one that resonated the most with me was the person playing the guitar in the schoolhouse in Fiji. And there was no Bible. There was no Holly Bibble, as my son called it when he was a little boy. And he pulled open the door. He's like, mommy, what's a Holly Bibble? I laugh. But that was for me so powerful to really be able to separate the two and know that you can have a relationship with God and it doesn't have to have anything to do with religion. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so on that note, I just wanted you to tap into, or if you can comment, please, on source. Yeah. Yeah. So I tend to use those terms, God, source, universe, the divine spirit, pretty interchangeably. To me, they're one and the same. Energy, we can use that, could be another word. It's all around us. It's in us. It's moving through us. It's one with us. You really can't escape it because it's always there and there's no separation between you and the divine. 
And that was one of the sticking points in this conversation I'd had is God is God. Jesus is Jesus. There are no other words. There are no other terms. I'm like, well, you have a ton of names for <laughs> Jesus and God, right? Yes. But, yes. Uh, you know, it, it came down to the point of we're essentially splitting hairs and we have more in common than maybe you would like to recognize and believe, but source is energy and source is all around us. And you are made of source. You are one with source. There's no separation other than the one that you put in place for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that is such an important piece of this conversation. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It's fine. You can call it a purple pancake if you want to. It's all the same thing. Energy is energy, regardless of what you choose to call it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's like such a beautiful thing to give people permission to say or to believe or to think or to know, oh, I don't have to call it this. I can call it that. And it's still this or whatever. Yeah. And all basically all it is is a higher it's a higher knowing. It's a deep inner connection with everything that's around us, whether it's a tree or a human or a flower or whatever, it's all interconnected. Yeah. I have a friend, she calls it Gus, God, universe, source. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Gus. Yeah. Yeah. And I, oh, I know I for me, that. I had a really hard time using the word God for years after stepping away from organized religion because it just to me associated with all of that that trauma and in my book stress size I actually don't use the word god I use the word universe and my mom read the book and she never commented on the fact I don't use the word god because she's a very much the devout Christian woman reads her bible every day but I think, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Maybe that doesn't resonate with me then, but now I don't mind using the word God because it's all the same for me now. It yeah. evolves and it changes and that's okay. And I feel bad for God <laughs> because, you know, he's, he's got a bad name because of his fan club. He's got a bad name. Yeah. And uh, and I, I, I agree. I had the same, I could not use the word God for 40, 50 years. And now it's like, it's fine. It's all good. Although I do love Gus. I might have to call him Gus. Gus. Yeah. I thought that <laughs> yeah, was our, so clever. Awesome. <laughs> so, so um, and I also love the way you just uh, gave us um, a spectrum. You said magic and miracles, karmic and cosmos. And there was a third one I can't remember. And it, yeah, like, yeah, it was um, Christ in the cosmos. Or Christ, Christ in the cosmos. Christ in the cauldron, if you want to go there, uh, magic and miracles, prayer and meditation and manifestation and answers to prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, just different terms, right? Yeah, exactly. And I was, I was having a conversation with someone, one of the other sticking points in this conversation was whether or not we believe the power is outside of us, like God is something out there that we have to talk to and answer to, or if we believe that the power is with already in us, within us. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that's one of the points of contention, right? But I believe that we are one with God, one with source and that there is no separation and there we, we have the power within us through that energy. Yeah. In us, through us, around us. Yeah. 
So let's talk about the witch wound. Yeah. So the witch wound is this subconscious fear of stepping into our power because of the generational trauma and the religious trauma. And if you look at hundreds of years of mostly men subjugating women because we don't understand women and we don't understand women's power, like syncing up with the moon and menstrual cycles and magic and manifestation, like we don't understand that. So what we don't understand, we're going to label and ostracize and punish and kill. And so there's this very real fear of punishment and of death. That's what I felt was that karmic release. When I got in my car after this conversation, it was thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years of trauma, of witches, of punishment against women being released. And so even now there are other women that are afraid to step into their power because they still hold that trauma from their lineage of women and their ancestral line being punished for being magical, for being healers, for being psychic. And even in their past lives, having a history of being a psychic, being a healer, having a past life where they were punished for stepping into their power, expressing themselves. And so I call it hiding in the broom closet. A lot of people are hiding in the broom closet, afraid to be their authentic selves, afraid to really express who they are and step into their power because of that fear of being punished. Mm -hmm. And this is like a low grade um, hidden sort of fear that maybe someone couldn't articulate until they heard say say this conversation. And it's like a, a light bulb goes off and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. I had a really interesting experience so the witch wound is basically fear of your power of the feminine power correct yes so when i very first started my coach training the very first day of my coach training this was a year-long program and it was the most intense thing i've ever done in my life like you had to be coached for 48 straight weeks by a mentor and the very first day in front of all of these students that i'd never met before there was 25 of us and we had nine master coaches around the perimeter of the room and day one, you had to stand up in front of the, the class and just basically say, you know, who you are, give them your basic story. And I kept thinking, and I ended up being the last person because I waited and waited. And I kept thinking, I, I don't have a story. Like, I don't know what my story is. So finally, the time came day two. By then, I'm just like wound up like a spring because I don't want to stand up there. And I don't want to tell a story about something that I don't even know what the hell I'm telling a story about. So I stand up there. I'm like, I don't really know what my story is. I'm, you know, I'm the kid of a a police officer. I've moved 14 times. I've been to 17 schools. I've lived in 26 houses. I've uh, been married twice. I've had, I've been self-employed. You know, I just kind of rattled it off and I'm like, yeah, and here I am. And the first question, the mentor coach, the head coach from Houston, Texas said, who are you hiding your power from yourself or us? And I, I remember just being pretty much paralyzed at the front of the room because I knew the answer, but I didn't want to say the answer. So I just said, can I tap out on that question? And they're like, no. So I was hiding it from them because I could not possibly step into my power because it got me into so much trouble as, you know, like not believing 
I, I just had a lot of power within me that I swallowed and swallowed and swallowed because it was safer. Yeah. It was safer to swallow your power. And from that day forward, I really started to walk towards the light of feminine power, I guess. Yeah. So healing the witch wound. Healing the witch wound. Yeah. Stepping into our power. And I think mm. there's a very real fear within ourselves, fear of the unknown fear of loss. Like I felt this when I was pursuing my psychic studies and really going all in in my spiritual development and, and learning different modalities is, well, if I step into this, is my mother going to disown me? Mm. Is, my hus- is my husband going to leave me? Right? Like, yeah. like, am I leaving people behind by moving forward? And I found yeah. myself holding back and not going all in in certain ways because of that fear of rejection. So it happens in the large circles, like, is the church going to shun me? And also in the smaller circles of, is are my friends or my family going to disown me? Yeah. And that is part of the journey. That is part of the journey <clears throat> is to continue walking forward and hopefully vicariously people come along with you but that won't necessarily always be the way yeah I had a beautiful gifted reading by a very young gifted reader 10 11 years ago and the thing that stood out the most for me in that reading was she said as you move forward don't leave your husband behind and I had no idea what that meant because at the time I was still fully fully um I had a a fitness business and I was 100% fully ensconced in my fitness business. And I had no idea what she meant by that. I thought she meant like leaving behind on a holiday or on the side of the road or at Walmart parking lot, you know, like, okay, I won't promise. Uh, It wasn't until I started on this journey that I realized I see what she meant. You have to let him do what he does at his own pace in in whatever way he chooses. And, um, and it's perfect for him. But to have a partner that supports this journey, regardless of where they are, is a a pretty beautiful gift. And I think for anyone where, because it's not always the case that the partner is supportive. And if that's the case, Mm -hmm. it's like, are you willing to pursue your soul's mission and life purpose, even if it means letting go? of the people you love. It's not that you're abandoning them or leaving them behind, but are you willing to be so aligned with your authentic truth that you would be willing to let go of those things if you had to? It's not that you have to, but would you be willing Mm -hmm. to let it go? Yeah. So I feel like that's a perfect segue into um, sharing some insights around suggestions or thoughts um, that people could consider when it, when to start their healing process their whether it's a religious no i don't religious trauma sounds pretty pretty intense but the relationship with religion let's just say yeah yeah for me what's coming through is feeling the fear and doing it anyway so this conversation this coffee chat if you want to call it that this interrogation if you want to call it that happened on a thursday and I thought, okay, we'll see how I feel by Sunday. Sunday rolled around and I had such intense anxiety about stepping back into that church and stepping back into small group and seeing the people that were at this coffee conversation. 
And I was like, am I going back to prove a point or am I going back because I really want to? And I just sat with this uncomfortable energy. I just sat with it and I sat with it and I sat with it as long as I could, because you know, at a certain point you have to leave the house or you're not going to make it to church in time. And what came through was it's not about being right. It's not about proving a point, but it's about freedom to worship the divine, how you want freedom to worship the divine as you want. And I go to church and we have a group speaker or not a group speaker, a guest speaker. And he talked about psychic premonition and the gift of prophecy and like healing and magic and miracles. And he literally said word for word, exactly what I had said to myself earlier, what spirit had Hmm. had said to me. It's about freedom. It's about freedom to worship the divine as you want. Mm And I just felt this, I was like, I am so glad I came and I didn't let fear control me. And I stepped into my power anyway. And I showed up and he affirmed everything that I was thinking and I was feeling. And a little part of me was like, I hope that woman is sitting here watching <laughs> like listening so she heard this. Yeah, yeah. But uh, mostly I was just so grateful. And um, that would be, that would be my charge is you're going to have people that don't agree and you're going to have people that don't understand, but it's not about being agreed with or understood because that's not what validates you. The really thing, the only thing that validates you is, is your belief in what you're doing, that you are plugged in and tuned in and in pursuit with your divine purpose here on this earth. I believe each and every one of us are star seeds we're appointed we're here for a reason there is purpose in this pain like there's some reason why we're here and if you don't know what that is just tune back like what brought you joy when you were a child what did you love to do before somebody told you that that's not realistic that's not practical or that you needed to get a real job because it's probably tied to that whatever brings you joy whatever lights your soul on fire if you could do anything in the world like take time, take money and take energy out of the equation. If you could do anything, what would you be doing? What would you, who would you be? And what would you do if you weren't afraid? And let's start taking aligned action towards that. And that is our purpose as a human being. Every one of us has essentially the same purpose. You know, being on this planet, we all have the same purpose. Our missions are different, but our purpose is to learn to be the greatest, most authentic and aligned energy that you can possibly be on this journey that really is our purpose we're here to learn and elevate and um and move forward and how we live our life you know is i think regardless of whether it's through the power of religion or not all comes down to how how are you living your life you know are you living your life with love and with joy and with peace are you impacting the world around you in a positive way in whatever way that looks like? Could be family, could be bigger. Um, that's what that's what matters. That we're giving, not taking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's about being love and being light and being the most authentic version of yourself. And yeah, if you're doing that, then the rest is just details. Totally, hundred percent. And I can't think of a better way to close this conversation because that is it at the end of the day. Yeah. So thank you so much for your wisdom and your authentic, powerful voice. And um, I want to just, actually, I just want to close quickly by 
sharing how people can get a hold of you because you've got all sorts of stuff on the go. I have a lot of juicy channel things happening. Yes. For anyone that doesn't know my process, at the beginning of the year, I sit down with my spirit team and I just ask, how would you like me to serve? How would you like me to show up? And, And there were three things that came through at the beginning of the year. And then later they added a fourth one. But the, the things that came through were a monthly membership for diving into the moon cycle and magic and manifestation. So that's happening. That's here. We have a psychic school for developing your intuition in a very safe and supportive environment, which is not what I had growing up, but we have it now. And then the third thing is a spiritual business accelerator for taking everything that you've learned in your psychic skills and your spiritual studies and applying it and bringing that out into the world in some tangible form, probably a business. And then um, we also added a free Facebook group. So that's a community of like-minded kindred spirits as well. So if you want any information about any of that, can check out my website, which is oracleacademy.com. So that's a little play on words. Oracle and Aura, A-U-R-A-C-L-E, academy.com. We also have a free, yeah, we also have a free quiz to discover your spiritual superpower if you want to check that out. And then you can also find me online at Instagram or Facebook. The Facebook community is on there as well as Oracle Academy called the Conscious Collective. The Conscious Collective is the Facebook group. Um, And that's just the start of some of the things that you have on the go. I know you've got some other things on the go coming up for 2024. So um, thank you so much for being here with me today and having another beautiful conversation around um, the power of being a feminine healer or a healer, period, Um, and being here to make to impact the world in a positive way. So thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you.